What is your craziest, we never speak of this again story? Story one. I was on a road trip with a buddy. We were heading to a three-day music fest in Tennessee. We drove through the night and were making good time. He was driving and asked me to take the wheel for a second. I did. He grabbed a Gatorade bottle, unzipped, and started pissing in the bottle. I was a bit uncomfortable with my hand six inches above his exposed dick, but we were going 75 miles per hour and his foot was on the gas. We had more pressing concerns, is my point. He finishes up and in one swift motion rolls down the window and lifts the Gatorade bottle toward the window to dump it. I say, wait, what are you doing? Imagine a full bottle of warm piss filling up the entire interior of a car like a fine console spray in a split second. That's what 75 miles per hour wind blowing inward does to a bottle of liquid trying to go outward. I learned that the hard way. Of course it got in my mouth. But that wasn't the worst of it. It was clogging my ears like I had been swimming. It was stinging my eyes. It went so far up my nose that I sneezed it out. Twice. We looked at each other dripping piss. All I could say was, damn it, god damn it, dude. He turned on the AC after a time. Piss droplets blew out onto us. It was dripping on us from the ceiling of the car. We rode for a long time in silence. Do you know what a person in the interior of a car covered in piss smell like after being in 103 degree heat for three days and no means to wash up? Story 2. Here's a recent story. My buddies and I actually voiced the phrase, we can never tell this story, in the truck afterwards. We were on a road trip with two buddies, Cal and Joel. Driving home late at night, we were in the mindset that we were tired of sitting in the truck and ready to be home. So we drove through the night to get the miles behind us. Finally, about 3 a.m., we pulled off the highway onto a forest road and drove until we saw a spot to camp. There was a decent grassy clearing that looked like someone had had the same idea here before. We piled out and grabbed our tents and started setting up. Joel was tired and quiet. Cal had the inhuman ability of speaking in a continuous run-on sentence for hours. It didn't matter what time it was. You could wake him up at 4 a.m. and from a dead sleep, he'd start telling you a story before his feet hit the ground. He was funny too, so it kept the road trip interesting. As we were setting up camp, Cal was deep in a half-story, half-rhetorical essay when he stopped. Cold. I looked over his way, shining my headlamp on him. His lamp trailed off into the trees. Are those eyes? I looked where he was looking and stared for a good while. Might just be dew on the leaves. Or a marker on the trees. Wouldn't be surprised if this road is used for motorcycle races. We stared a while longer, neither of us able to relax. Finally, I grabbed a shovel and started walking toward the little glowing beads. Neither of us were going to sleep without resolution. Damn it, guys, go to bed, Joel announced with confidence. There's no predators in this area. There are. I've seen both bears and cougars in the area. Joel wasn't from the area. Cal and I continued on. I covered about half the ground between me and the orbs and I paused. It was so dark and they were so far away I couldn't quite make out if they were moving slightly or if it was just the shadows cast from my headlamp. I threw a rock. I yelled. Pause. Then they blinked. Okay. Yep, it's an animal and it's not scaring with rocks, I said toward Cal, slowly walking backward. It clearly sees us. It's watching me, Cal agreed. Let's just watch it for a while. We finished setting up our tents, keeping a light on the creature at all times. Finally, it started to move. The two little orbs raised a few inches off the ground and started strafing us, rocking ever so slightly back and forth as they started a wide circle skirting our campsite. A slight pause here and there, but they continued to close in even as we unleashed a thunderstorm of rocks and yelling and quickly sidestepped toward the truck. 
Uh, Joel, whatever it is, it's moving our way. Keep a light on it. Keep a light on it. Joel yelled and fumbled with his tent zipper. He'd already taken his pants off and came booking toward the truck, emanating his own light from his pasty white thighs. He got inside and sat in the back. Cal and I perched on either side of the truck, ready to jump inside so fast we were bound to knock heads over the gear shift. The creature was behind a bush about 20 feet from the truck at this point. The leaves were shifting slightly. It was still coming. Cal and I shared a couple words of encouragement, waiting, waiting, and then the bushes parted. When the claw sunk into Cal's neck, he screamed and I dove over the cab. Just kidding. The bushes parted and a freaking deer walked out and right up to the truck. Turns out people had camped here before and apparently they'd fed the freaking deer. Whatever survival instinct once was in this long-legged forest rodent was long gone and we were three men in their jammies crouching in a truck hiding from it. Full disclosure, I've actually told the story a few other times. Story 3. My, now ex-husband, had to have thyroid surgery a few years ago. He was having a lot of swelling so they gave him some Percocet to take. Anyone who has taken Percocet before knows that it might work very well, but it's not without side effects. One of those side effects happens to be constipation. We knew this would happen. My husband and I are both doctors. I urged him and urged him to keep eating fiber or take a stool softener or something. He laughed it off. Babe, my bowels are amazing. Nothing's going to happen to me. Days passed and he continued to heal, requiring less and less of the medication. I noticed his appetite hadn't picked up much, but I thought, Hey, cut him a break. He just had surgery. That night I found him on the couch clutching his stomach and scowling. Immediately I knew what was up and said as gently as I could, Now will you take the stool softener? He relented. Hours passed. Stool softeners don't work instantly, and they were up against days of hardened poo. Suddenly he leaped up, ran into the bathroom, and slammed the door. I sat outside waiting for a noise, a fart, a wail, something. Finally, I heard him sob my name. I walked in, and my cool, aloof husband was bawling his eyes out, sitting on the toilet and pushing on his stomach like an uncomfortable little kid. He turned green, and I immediately recognized that face. I had just enough time to grab a trash can to catch the vomit that came streaming out. Seconds before an enormous shard and a huge blast of diarrhea turd chunks. There was my surgeon husband crying, barfing, crapping his brains out and hanging onto my arm for dear life. It was so painful to watch, and to this day, he says it's the only time he's truly been in 10 out of 10 pain. Story 4. My dad kept a huge suitcase full of prawns stashed in the basement of my childhood home. I used to sneak down there and watch such memorable titles as Interview with the Milkman and Butman's European Vacation. Several years into my secret viewings, my parents put the house up for sale. They took my younger siblings with them on a car trip up north for the weekend in the city they wanted to move to. I stayed home and proceeded to have a party one night inviting a bunch of my friends. We trashed the house, drank a bunch of beer, and of course watched all of my dad's prawn. Flash forward a few months later, we sell the house and are in the process of packing. I get home from school one afternoon and my father is standing in the driveway with his most terrifying angry dad face. My dad is six foot four, 250 pounds, tattoos former correction officer in a maximum security prison, I walk up to him and he says, why are you snooping through my crap in the basement? I reply, um, what? I don't know what you're talking about. He says, BS, what about those videotapes? Some of them aren't even mine and I have to give them back to someone who let me borrow them. There's some missing. Go down the street and tell your freaking stoner friend to give them back. 
I bet he stole them. Do it or I'll tell your mother what I found in your room. He holds out my Zippo collection, a glass bowl, various sleeping pills and caffeine pills I'd take. My dad was blackmailing his 14-year-old son to return his prawn. I got on my bike, rode down the block to my friends, knocked on his door and asked for my dad's prawn back. He sighed and reluctantly gave me several VHS tapes he swiped from the party night. I rode back up to my house, and in the driveway in broad daylight, my 14-year-old self handed my father back his prawn. It was never spoken about or hinted at ever again. I like to think that my dad and I came to understand each other better that day. Story 5 One night when I was in college, I was really drunk and hungry, but every place that delivered food was closed because it was like 4 a.m. Then I remembered that there was a McDonald's like two to three miles from campus that I could walk to. I checked the website and it said it was open 24 hours, so I started to make my way. As I got close to the student center on the edge of campus, I started second-guessing whether or not that McDonald's was open 24-7 or not, so I decided to pop into the computer lab in the basement of the center, which was always open, to go online and check again. The lights were off in the lab, so I thought I would be the only person there, but when I entered the room and the lights came on, I saw a security guard sitting at one of the computers. He was startled by me and scrambled to close the window he was looking at, which I could already tell was Prawn Hub. I didn't know how to react, so I just sat down at a computer and didn't say a word. He broke the awkward silence by getting up and saying, Well, it's about that time, and then making his way to the door. I still don't know what exactly he meant by that, but my response was just to nod and say, Yup. That guard and I crossed paths quite a bit after that, and it was always a little awkward, but at the same time we had like this unspoken agreement about that night, and he would always be nicer to me and let me off when others would have written me up for something I did. Story 6. This happened a couple weeks ago. My wife and I were trying to fall asleep, but we had an early morning trip to Universal Studios planned and we were a little too jazzed. We're annual pass holders and local, but we hadn't been in a while because of the heat and crowds. So my wife suggests doing it, thinking it would help us fall asleep better. We turn our TV on and turn the volume up just enough to mask any sounds we may make, and we're doing our thing, and soon we can hear my wife's mom, who lives with us and is down the hall, up and moving around. We stop and kind of wait for her to go back to her room because we figure she's just going to the bathroom. We don't hear her anymore, so we go back to it, and my wife says she wants it in a place a little lower. So she gets on all fours and I just barely get it in and she's got her back arched and her head thrown back when I hear the door fly open and I look back to see our six-year-old daughter and my mother-in-law standing in the doorway. I slide out and quickly cover myself and the wife does the same and my daughter who has absolutely no idea what we were doing cheerfully walks in with her blankie and stuffed animal and says, I had a bad dream and proceeds to get in the bed between us. And my mother-in-law, who has to know what we were doing, makes no attempt to keep my daughter from coming in and just says, I'm sorry, and makes some excuse about hearing the TV on and thought we were awake and be able to accommodate her. She very quickly closes the door and heads back to her room, leaving the two of us unsatisfied and with an awake child at 2.30 in the morning. My wife, who is a huge prude around her mom, says, We will never talk about this again. I agree, but I say, At least she knows we still do it because she was under the impression that we never have intercourse for some reason and she would never get another grandchild. Story 7 This happened a year and a half ago on a family trip to Mexico. It was very humid and hot during the day and since we were in Mexico I had been drinking since sunrise and it was now time for bed. 
you can probably see where this is going. Anyways, I had a very vivid dream that I was in the bathroom at the resort and had just started to unzip my pants in my dream to urinate when I woke up. By now, it was far too late. I woke up next to my younger brother covered from the waist down in piss. There was even a piss stain that looked somewhat like a chalk outline of an obese man. My brother and I are quite close and are always brutal towards each other in a fun way. I expected him to roast me and wake up my parents to embarrass myself. I woke him up and he knew immediately. He helped me strip all the bedding and throw it into the hallway for the cleaning crew to pick up. All of this at 6 a.m. with no hesitation whatsoever. We woke up a couple hours later to my parents questioning us why we were sleeping on a bed with no sheets or blankets, and we both said we sweat too much throughout the night and got rid of them. To this day, we haven't spoken about it, but both know deep inside that my 18-year-old self pissed the bed. I love that kid. Story 8 Okay, I have a good one for this. This was seven years ago. In high school, freshman year was terrible. I had been going through a tough time, girl problems, and my grades were bad. I literally had a 5% in my English class. Needless to say, life sucked. However, a glimmer of hope happened to shine on me. A girl had brought a crap load of brownies to school. Better yet, I was told that they were pot brownies. Now, I've never done drugs. I've only had alcohol twice, and that was after I'd turned 21. I did sports as a kid and was never interested in drugs, but this day had been particularly tough because of a girl. So I decided, screw it and asked if I could have them all. Literally all. I wolfed them all down and then just began to go nuts. I slid down the staircase singing A Pirate's Life for Me at the top of my lungs. I was literally falling all over the place and had a great time. There were two girls that hated me, unrelated to the girl problems I had, and somehow, over me acting like an idiot and giving zero craps, they became friends with me that day and remain so to this very day. Anyways, I'm basically stoned out of my mind and just go on this stupid freaking goofy rampage throughout my high school, which was fairly large, until a friend asks me what the hell was wrong with me. I was usually very stoic, serious, basically one of those angsty teenagers that didn't like smiling. Then I told them about the brownies and all that crap. They later went to the girl that gave me the brownies to ask her why she'd let me have so many. They had no pot. The guy that told me that they did was just messing with me. I had done all of that crap without anything in my system aside from sugar. We never discussed that again. I moved and changed schools soon after. Story 9 My partner and I were staying in the city, visiting from the country. That morning, we checked out of our hotel and got them to hold on to our luggage as we were going to go kayaking for the day. Fast forward to kayaking. It's my boyfriend's first time. We get wet, very cold, and begin to feel really sick. We need a nice, warm shower and to change our clothes. Thinking we could go back to our hotel, pick up our luggage, and they would surely allow us back in, they didn't. They were completely booked and our room was already remade. Upon leaving the hotel, we discover that directly next to it is a pay-by-hour hotel. Oh, yes. We walk up the crusty, damp steps towards the reception and request a room for one hour. At $160, it was the most expensive shower I have ever paid for. Upon entering the room, we are immediately met with a full wall-sized TV displaying prawn at full volume. There's lube, condoms, and crusty carpet everywhere. It was terrifying. We had the fastest shower of our lives and ducked out of the room to return our key. The Korean receptionist asks in the most seediest voice I'm sure he can muster, Can I help you? Most likely hoping to join in on some fun. We reply that we only came for the shower, returned our key, and rushed down the stairs as quick as possible. Story 10. 
Went to Toronto to support my friend while he was DJing at a few clubs over the weekend. This was a regular thing at that time. He played up there quite often, and we usually went with large groups of people. This time it turned out to be just three guys up there. The one night after he got done playing, we were just hanging out at the club and ended up taking some ecstasy. Also a pretty common occurrence. The E was really strong, so after having some fun, we just decided to go back to the hotel to smoke some weed and listen to music. After smoking, it made us all roll even harder. My friend, the DJ, starts getting kind of overwhelmed by how hard it's hitting him. After a while, we calm him down and convince him to go take a warm bath to relax and just listen to some music. So he goes into the bathroom to take a bath while my other buddy and I are still hanging out in the room just rolling and having fun. He was in the bathroom for a good while, and we were pretty trash still too, so we never really checked on him. He finally starts yelling for us that he needs our help. We go running in to see what's up, and there he is in the tub full of water with a bunch of turds floating in there with him. After we stop cracking up, we get him to drain the tub. We grabbed a sheet off of one of the beds and scooped it all up. Then we ran out to the hall and threw the sheet into a stairwell. We vowed never to speak of this to anyone, and if anyone asked how our trip was, we just tell them that we got really messed up and the DJ lost his crap. Story 11 My mom was pretty naive, okay, incredibly blind, when it came to my sister and I and if we were sexually active as teens and young adults. I had a serious boyfriend for two years and went on a two-week vacation with him alone after our senior year, and she didn't think we were having intercourse. I moved back from college as a single girl. I got an apartment of my own without a roommate. I was ready to mingle. My mom had a key to my place because I have a disability, so she stops by and helps me with things like putting out the trash or changing my sheets, and sometimes she does it while I'm at work. I met this guy at one point, and we hit it off. I didn't tell her about him because it wasn't serious at all. Just flirting at the bar, hanging out, etc. Well, one Friday night, he ends up spending the night at my house. The next morning just so happens to be the one time my mom would stop by completely unannounced. We were walking around naked when I heard her key turn in the lock. Thank God I had the chain on the door. So he bolted into the bathroom and I ran to my room to get clothes. She comes in and asks why I'm awake. I tell her some BS. I'm not a morning person. I think she expected to sneak in quietly and get what she was doing done without waking me. I don't want to embarrass her or be embarrassed and tell her there's a guy there so I just tried to hurry her out. She wanted to grab some of my laundry to do, so I went into my bedroom to grab it, thinking I could get her out faster, when she did what I should have anticipated since I kept my hamper in the bathroom most of the time. She went for the bathroom door. I wish I could say she found a locked door and she knew someone was over and it was awkward. I wish I could say that. Except Boy Genius hadn't locked the door. The bathroom was huge because it had the washer and dryer in it so he couldn't just reach over to lock it or anything. She opens the door as I'm screaming, No, 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 don't go in there. He's trying to jump into the shower, and as he does, he pulls the shower curtain rod off, so there's this huge crash, and his naked butt gets sprawled out on the floor in front of her. I'm mortified. Absolutely mortified. My mom just turns around, walks out of the bathroom, out of my apartment, and we've just pretended like it never happened ever since. She's never come over unannounced again. Story 12. Every year we go to my grandma's house for Thanksgiving, and everyone usually brings a side dish. Every year before this, my mom and I brought a dessert dish, but we thought we would bring something different this time. Mom said she was going to make a green bean casserole, but we woke up late so there was no time to cook. That's when we came up with the plan, the plan of shame. We took a Pyrex bowl to Walmart, bought a pound of Amish macaroni salad, and transferred it to our dish. We got to my grandma's house and everything was fine except for the internal shame, but dinner messed that up. 
Someone asked my mom how she made it. She looked like a deer caught in the headlights but saw me as I walked into the kitchen. That's when I heard her say that she didn't make it, that I had made it. My own mother threw me under the bus. I made up some story about finding it on Google, but I wasn't sure where and promptly left the kitchen before they could ask me about ingredients. We had a good laugh about it on the ride home. She said she was sorry, but she panicked and we would never speak of it again. I still get at least one person every year asking when I'll make that freaking macaroni salad again.